You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to have you here today. Such a good topic, authenticity, because if you're not authentic, who the heck are you? Well, who am I? <laughs> I'm Deborah <laughs> Eckerling. I'm author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Deb Method. I specialize in goal setting simplified and event outcome optimization. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. You need your knowledge. And every Sunday night, I lead the Gold Chat Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I bring in friends to dive deep into the topic. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. And it's also a great opportunity for me to catch up with, I was going to say old friends, but we're not old, but just friends. Uh, I'm so excited. So today, I've got Brian Kramer and Courtney Smith Kramer, um, who are like the queen and the king of being human, for lack of a better way to put it. And the thing that, one of the things that I love best is, and I think I said this last week, Courtney and I met on an elevator at Social Media Marketing World. And then we chatted, we walked two blocks to um, the San Diego Conference Center. And like, by the time we got there, we were friends. And this is how we do it. Because being social is mixing being social in real life with virtual and everything in between. And anyway, uh, Brian, Courtney, other than the fact that you're awesome, I have not told people nearly enough about you. So why don't you both introduce yourselves and we'll go from there. Well, I've never been called human royalty before. So thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need, I need like a little cartoon crown. Um, yeah, Courtney Smith-Kramer, um, author of Be Your Creative Sexy Self book, and uh, my day job, I'm a marketing and creative strategist and uh, coach and designer and sometimes Swiss Army knife. I don't know. It feels like that. But yeah, brand strategy, marketing strategy and uh, some some outsourced CMOing are my jam these days. <laughs> and really, who is not a Swiss Army knife in this day and age where we're all like one person bands, right? Yeah. I mean, and also we... Are, are old, so we have a lot of experiences under our belt. Oh, <laughs> Extensive. Extensive. And um, I'm, the, I'm the lesser half, Brian, and um, I, I am a uh, also a coach, but um, as well as a creative, uh, or sorry, a marketing strategist. Um, and, uh, and then also a speaker and, uh, and an author. So I, I focus in a lot of different Swiss army places as well. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of armies going on over here. <laughs> so how did you 
like settle on being human as like your jam? Hmm. Um, I think we were born that way, but um, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> both intended and not, we were Lynn. Hello, Lynn. Um, Another awesome, authentic human, Lynn Abate Johnson. I think, I think uh, one of the things that uh, really helped was uh, when, when um, the, book itself came out it was really more focused around social media um however a lot of the a lot has changed and um while social media is table stakes these days it's still important um and a lot still hasn't changed uh which still needs to um and uh we still have the same issues we still have the same challenges Mm -hmm. so um Although I'll also say that in addition to that, we've got, um, we have automation, we have bots, we have virtual reality, we have machine learning, we've got all kinds of other things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and in five years, there's going to be more addition to that list. So stay tuned. Well, and I would add, we were saying it at the agency uh, at Pure Matter, when, which we co-founded together in 2002, we were saying that in probably every single presentation, like pitch deck presentation that we had, which was that's the the notion that there's no B2B or B2C, it's H to H, human to human, right? And and that was in response to like basically us just getting sick and tired of getting put in a box of, are you a direct-to-consumer marketer or are you a B2B marketer? And we're like, you're not selling to companies, you're selling to people. <laughs> like You just have to know how what you're selling connects into the emotions, needs, wants, and desires of your people consuming it. And then, then you've got something like, you know, you have product market fit, you know that you can create some narrative around it and a great story. And um, so that sort of was the initial mission. And then the stuff that Brian was talking about, um, it's sort of like throttled the need to also celebrate our humanness because, you know, this came at a time in uh, HH, the, the first book uh, that had that same title, No B2B or B2C, it's HH, that came out in 2014. And so there was a lot of talk in 2014 about fears around robots replacing human beings for jobs, people being displaced, which certainly all sort of happened. And also, new things were created too, right? So that that book was in response to what Brian was talking about, that uh, we are uniquely human. We have things about us that, at least for the moment, technology can't do, <laughs> right? Like expressing empathy and listening and connecting with other human souls and imperfection and context, and uh, simplicity and the ability to interact with each other in a way that's um, fulfilling and meaningful. So um, that that's what we sort of redirected, refocused our efforts to try to remind people of their own humanness. Well, I think no one can forget. I mean, after the last two and a half years, everybody's kind of had to be like human in trial by fire, which is a terrible phrase, but so true. Uh, because we went from in, okay, not we, people who were not comfortable with technology had to learn technology. 
And those of us who were already in the technology comfort zone had to help people who were not us be more comfortable. So the, I think even now, I mean, we think we're coming out of the pandemic, you know, who knows? Technology is still a huge part of the things that we do. And in the Twitter chat last night, I had so many people, I mean, usually I have a nice number, but there were a lot of people really excited about this topic of authenticity. Um, and have you seen also people being more authentic lately? Or is it just we're too tired to not be authentic? What do you think? <laughs> just, we all realized we were really, really tired in the pandemic. <laughs> um well, I think um, Brian has a great example that he used um, pre-pandemic in what, one of his presentations. It was the, the video, if you remember, of that BBC reporter who was uh, reporting live from his bedroom. And then his kids busted in and like the nanny was scrambling after him to try to get the kids out. And then the, the reporter didn't even miss a beat. He didn't even acknowledge that they were there. Like, And this was a viral video, right? It has like 80 million views or something on it. Well, then the pandemic happened and we're like, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> if the definition of authenticity means embracing your imperfections and just being more okay with things that you can't control and being able to roll with it in the moment, then yes, <laughs> with a question mark. <laughs> or I guess those who um, were just naturally inauthentic. I don't know. You could probably speak more about like your experience with in inauthentic. Is that a word? Inauthentism? Right. <laughs> Inauth I don't know what that word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting question. Um, but I, you know, when you, when you go back to when, um, I, I'll answer the question and, but first, before I, I do, uh, let's take a quick trip back to when everyone was very authentic on Facebook. Uh, and they were almost to the point of spilling their guts. It was like an over authenticism. Sure. Um, right. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, this is years ago. And it was to the point where, you know, people were saying their deepest, darkest things um, on, on all, then on lots of different social media. And I think it overcorrected itself and, um, went into a place of, uh, like undercover on authenticity, authenticism. I just made that Authenticity. Up. But, um, you know, and we got, we went to a point of, um, then it was not in to be that. Um, and so now we're, we, we, we kind of burden ourselves out on it, um, on being it. And now, now it's, it's grown itself. It corrected itself, um, into a place where it is okay. And it, it has become a, um, it, in my opinion, a place where, where it at the play at the right place in the right time, people are authentic. Um, it's not over or under, it's just is mostly, I won't say it's perfect. There is no perfect, but, um, you know, I, I think that it's hit kind of like a little stride of, of good enough. Hmm. Um, 
Uh, will it overcorrect itself again? Yeah. Will it undercorrect? Yeah. I think it's going to go through another metamorphosis. In fact, it may even happen in the metaverse because I'm seeing it where people are putting on goggles and it's happening again there where people are getting mm -hmm. fascinated with being over um, authentic yet again. And we find ourselves doing that with technology all the time where they find a new toy, they find a new technology, they find something and then they, they, they use it so much that it becomes overused and that, that authenticity goes with it. Mm. I remember like at the beginning of even blogging where blogs were just people spilling their guts. Right. And then it <laughs> made the change into people spilling their guts all over social media. And you're right. And, and our friend Deb Coleman is talk is saying in the comments is the pendulum that swings until it settles in. And then I think someone gives it a great big push again. Right. Yeah. It's usually when it's not forced. So think about it this way. First, first and foremost, everything is cyclical. Um, you know, bell bottoms are back again. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, I welcome it. You know, everything is cyclical. So, Trend approved. <laughs> uh, what What's neat about the pandemic is um, it brought it brought neat things like we celebrated each other's birthdays on Zoom in within our family structures. I don't know how many people did it, but I think a lot. And you got on for anniversaries or you got on to celebrate people. Um, I saw more people get on Zoom or on private video, if you will, and celebrate others. And the kind of conversations that we're having, that people were having, were way more intimate than ever before. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of intimacy is something that I think was was missed in everyone's lives. And here, here we're at a time when everyone was disconnected and yet they were being more intimate because we were in the safe zone of, I don't have to travel. I don't have to go anywhere. And yet I can connect and deepen my relationship. It, it to me was the most fascinating time we'll ever, well, not ever, but one of our, the most fascinating times we'll ever live. Mm -hmm. um, and now we get to carry that forward and yet we'll forget and within a hundred years, something else will, will happen. But that to me was the most, uh, to go back to your authentic question, the most authentic, I think we ever were in my lifetime was during that time when we were actually connecting with true intimacy and it wasn't on social. It was in using technology in a way that we never thought to use it, which was actually just to connect to another human being. Mm -hmm. Well, and intimacy and vulnerability are the foundational stones of authenticity, right? Because you have to be able to be uh, okay with vulnerability, which means opening yourself up to some sharing with others, some of the things that you're afraid about or you're unsure about because part of being inauthentic means totally masking the fact that you're scared shitless, <laughs> right? And not bringing people into that moment. And then the intimacy part, which is, as we say, into me, you see, is allowing others to truly see your vulnerability so that you can uh, 
exert your authenticity in a way that's a safe space. And I, I feel like um, safe spaces are so critical and so lacking in our at least business environment, well, probably family environment too, and friends environment, that when it's not consciously discussed and designed <laughs> with your people on your team or your friend circles or your family, that there is room for that and that it is a safe space, then people's default, you know, to no fall of their own is probably uh, on the side of inauthenticity, just out of fear of rejection or, you know, not being included in the next, like some FOMO, I don't know, but you know, it, it that then that's part of our own humanness, right? Which is like, until we're totally comfortable in our skin, you can't be totally authentic because you don't even know who you are. <laughs> like you're just trying on different parts of other people. I think that's a really, really good point it, because, and I still see it now. I mean, we saw it before. We'll see it. These people who are like, oh, this wonderful thing happened to me. And every day they post that and you're like, really? Come on. So it's everything that you're saying totally tracks. Where is the balance? How do we find the balance? How do people become more authentic? So uh, there are, uh, these haven't changed. Um, and there are things that, that, um, that everyone can apply. And in fact, it's, it's something that um, we just uh, figured out as a kind of an algorithm or a um, measurement tool, I should say, that can now be used for marketing campaigns and, um, and within companies. Um, but if you were to take a look at this as, just as a, a, a human, not, not a marketing campaign, it works the same. So if, if you were to look at um, the complexity or how, 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 um, how much we put into uh, something that we create and put out into the world um, versus how simple it is, um, that's, that's the first thing. So usually we, we over, we over, uh, What's the word? Complexify. <laughs> I almost said the same oh, word. I just made that up, but um, I almost we could have said it, James. Yeah, uh, we make things so complex that that that's that is what is uh, holding us back. So um, the simpler that we make it, the the better. Um, you can, so if you were to point to another human that really you know, creates something that really touches your heart or, um, you know, that, yeah, I love it. This or, is new word Monday. You know, that, I love it. that is the, that that's the, the first thing you can do. It's really super easy. If you just look at something and you say, you know, is that as simple as it could be? Um, and probably the answer is no more times than not. So say almost every time you until know, it gets down to like three, three words. <laughs> it just needs to be easier. Um, and once it's to that point where, you know, with, with all your heart that it's, that's it, that it's just, cause isn't that the thing that has made all the greats in our time um, made us look up from our, 
our TV or our laptop or whatever and go, wow, that, that makes sense. Or that's really cool. That is, you know, how often do I look up for my laptop when we're watching TV and I'm like, what did that person say? And it just makes, just clicks. And that's when it's simple and not overly complex. So I'll stop there. The second one is. Um, You're making it complex. Yeah, I, describe I, ju- I just did. It. <laughs> so then what's the second one? Simple. And then. Uh, well, it doesn't have empathy for um, who you're serving. So do you, to- like if it's a relationship, you need to understand where that person's at that you're talking to uh, or trying to connect to and have some empathy for them. So knowing, trying your best to put yourself in their shoes to feel what they're feeling so that you can meet them where they're at. It's the same with the customers. Um, kind of what I was saying at the top of the hour, right? But it's like knowing what they're dealing with and um, how empathetic is it? Do you really know what they're going through? Or are you just totally talking from your one side and don't care, you know, what what they are caring about in the moment? And then I'd say the other one is. Yeah, is. Um, imperfection. Imperfection. So, um, and imperfection is, um, is really hard. Because no, we, it's easy. Well, it's it's hard because we all strive for per- perfection, and yet perfection doesn't exist. Um, but we're striving for it. When you look at Instagram, Instagram is the greatest thing that we'll never <clears throat> truly achieve because it is uh, in in nine out of ten pictures craving perfection. Um, and yet, uh, it, it's a massive turnoff, uh, at least to me, or I would venture to say to most, because it's not real. It's not authentic to go back to the formula. Mm-hmm. Um, and- how many, we were just in New York, uh, last week and yeah. we were at the top of the empire state building. How many girls did we see asking their, whoever they were with to take their picture from the top of the observation deck? And they're all like contorted into this position and looking off into the distance and bending the knee, right? Like getting ready to bend and snap. And I'm like, no one stands like that. <laughs> Stop standing like that. Like to your point. And then that that's all like their Instagram life, which is not even close to their real life. Yeah. Like why? What's the point? Now for, for each of these, um, I can point to people that I absolutely adore and love because they are uh, a little bit of, of each of these words. Um, I've got a friend who, well, Courtney too, but um, she trips a lot. Um, Courtney trips a lot too. Um, but <laughs> I love trip people who trip. I don't know why. Um, I just think it's the funniest thing because, and especially if they trip more than once on the same thing and you're like, have you not like, it's right there, but I just think it's the funniest human trait to trip um, because it like who else in humans trip? No, no one else trips. So um, <laughs> that's the quote of the hour, <laughs> right? No one else trips, but humans like animals, not drug trips. Have you seen an animal physical trips? Right. Have you seen an animal trip? No. So anyway, um, I, I, I just think that imperfection celebrating it, you know, the way that I love to around 
Gaylord Fokker and my favorite character and just the way that imperfection really shows up in life and in business, by the way, um, is just my, my way of seeing how, how that really can be, can be, um, a nuance of loving the, that side of humanity. Mm-hmm. Well, and what we find a lot is the thing that people are trying to hide from other people that they perceive as their number one imperfection about themselves is actually their greatest superpower. It's the thing that they could turn into the, the thing that they, they're celebrated for. They're super compelling when they are that thing. And it, it allows them to step into themselves in a much more powerful and authentic way if they were able to just embrace it. Cause it really is the thing that makes you unique. I know for me, it's my eccentricity. <laughs> I was going to ask what your, your kryptonite that is your actual superpower is. Yep. Mine's eccentricity and it, it calms me down now that it's out in the open and I'm able to fully embrace it. And all of my, like the things that just blurt out of my mouth that just come out. I, rarely think about things before I say anything. Sometimes it gets me into trouble. Most times it doesn't. And um, it, it just, it allows me to, to, it's like the thing, right? Where you do the wonder woman pose and you're like, okay, you get like, I am woman, I have power, whatever. Like, no, mine's like, you're, you're eccentric. Just remember that. And it totally is calming. And so (laughs) Brian, what's your, you knew this question was coming. What is yours? (laughs) Um, we've got Courtney's eccentricity. Mine is mine is humor, uh, but it's not humor in just um, creating humor. It's it's uh, humor in the way it shows up in in everyone. Um, it could be like uh, the space is needs needs to change. Um, like there like there's a the space is not not flowing. And I, and I feel like the space needs to change. And so I'll, I'll, I'll see a space where, you know, I need to uh, divert (laughs) the attention over to something so that the space can, can continue to flow better. Um, Some call that comedic timing, but it might not be using humor to do it. Um, It might be something else. So it's, it, it could, it's just using that that to, to do that, but it's, you know, like per, uh, it's your perception It's the way you see things and make them right. better. Yeah. Yeah. But it all, and, and uh, I do love humor. So, so like, the other, like for instance, it is like the, yes. Like, so in, uh, I see Deb, uh, Deb is on here too. And, and, um, and she called me out on this, which I appreciate from her. Cause um, I, you know, for instance, um, posted on Instagram, uh, as well as other places, this photo of Tom Hank- Hanks writing a letter on on the typewriter he received from a group of people that wanted to interview him on their podcast. And they know he collects typewriters. So they sent him this incredible typewriter that that is rare. And uh, And then he got the typewriter and he made fun of receiving the typewriter saying um how how dare like i'm paraphrasing how dare they send him a typewriter um as a bribe bribe. (laughs) and then halfway in the letter he he turns it into yes of course i'll um you know i'll take your interview but um i chopped off accidentally the top half of the image 
in Instagram because it didn't allow for the image the way that I was supposed to do it. And I didn't pay attention to it and I posted it. And so everyone in the comments thought that Tom had said yes to being on my podcast. (laughs) I didn't know this story. So this was just like five days ago. (laughs) And so it it posted correctly on Facebook because Facebook doesn't chop it off that way, but on Instagram it did. So I, now all my friends are expecting me to now host Tom Hanks and I've got to figure that one out. Um, Time to go typewriter shopping. (laughs) You know, so you got to embrace, you have to learn how to embrace um, imperfection and humor. It's not just putting it into the space. It's also, you know, really like, okay, well that happened. Bing oops. (laughs) Um, Embracing your inner Fokker moments are also part of it too. Yeah. That's so much easier said than done though, right? Because we all know the things that we love about ourselves and we all know the things that are a little like wonky. Uh, But how do you recommend people like just be okay with who they are? I mean, that sounds like, okay, let's fix the world. That's what it feels like. So (laughs) what, what do you, oh, and just to call back, I love the simplicity of being authentic as you all know, my motto is goal setting simplified because if it isn't simple, it's too much trouble, right? Changing your life is challenging enough. The instructions need to be easy. So I am totally with you on those things. Um, Imperfection wise, I know the things that I look at myself sideways about, but I'm certainly, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to, should I be sharing them? Um, and then the vulnerability, I think, is showing the imperfections. So it really all goes hand in hand. But again, what do you say to those people who are doing the perfect pose to like get real? How can people get real? This is a really long question, but that was the actual question at the end of it. Um, well, <laughs> the, the, let's fix the, the world. Answer, the, the long answer is um, you got to keep doing the work. on yourself, which is um, challenging all those voices in your head that tell you that you're not good enough or that no one will listen to you or you don't deserve it or whatever, which we all have uh, inside of our heads. It's our saboteur brain, our lizard brains, which is, you know, up here in our amygdala or wherever it's located in the middle somewhere. It's it, it was created to protect us, you know, from scary situations, but it doesn't always understand that we've evolved into a modern world, not getting chased by T-Rexes anymore. So uh, you got to do the work. You, you got to be willing to go deep and sort through your shit. <laughs> and I think this is an, an interesting um, thing about the pandemic, which was, you know, the, the speed at which we operated pre-pandemic was unsustainable. It was just compoundingly getting faster and faster. And we would fill our weekends with back-to-back activities and our meetings back-to-back and traveling and, you know, tried to fit so much in. And, And what that was an expression of is people's unwillingness to wanna be still right? They don't want to hear what's going on in their head. So they mask it with a lot of other outward facing stuff so that they don't have to do it. Well, the gift of the pandemic was everyone got to slow down at the same time. That, that was it. The, our, whoever created this experience in this simulation that we're in (laughs) said, 
uh, enough, you're going to stand still for two years and you're going to be forced to either self-reflect or die. <laughs> like that, that's pretty much what happened. And as much as people tried to, you know, drink it away or zoom it away or puzzle it away, um, or overwork away. I mean, I certainly, I'm guilty of this, overworked myself to death during the pandemic, right? Because I work from home and I'm already behind the computer all day long. So this is an opportunity when everybody else is too. So no, no amount of doing anything to make it go away would quiet those voices inside of our head. And, and it only gets quieter when you acknowledge that they're there, you listen to what they have to say, and then you start rewiring your neurotransmitters to not fire that way anymore, which is where the work part comes out, right? It's, it's the journaling, it's the, the getting coached, it's hiring, you know, a, a leadership mentor, it's whatever, like really trying to work through those things and understand yourself better so that you can get to who you are at the, at the, the core of it. I, I would venture to say that like that girl I just talked about on the top of the Empire State Building, if I were to have a conversation with her, she probably might believe that that is her, right? Because her value right now is based on the amount of feedback she's getting from that picture on Instagram. She hasn't figured out yet what her true value is to the world and that it's okay if she just can be like she has something valuable to offer. You don't have to get that feedback loop from the outside world. And I think until you hit that equilibrium point, it is really hard to be authentic because you're not even quite sure what that means. I, well, I love so many of the things that you both are saying. And one of the things that I love the most is how you keep talking about the gifts of the pandemic because it's, we're still living in really strange times, but even even for me, my my book, Your Goal Guide, it came out six weeks before the pandemic, and the purpose was to help people embrace change by choice or circumstance. Six weeks later, we all got circumstance, and I I love how it really goes. Loving who you are really goes hand in hand with being authentic. Yeah, and, yeah, and loving who you are, by the way, doesn't have to be part and part. It's not all of you. Yes, we can love who we are. It's it's making space for accepting even the things that we might not love and making a commitment to ourselves to, to do better <laughs> or be better, right? Like it's, uh, oh, I really hate this part about myself. Like I can be a reactive person and it never turns out well when I am. And so I have a little post-it next to my desk that says, respond, don't react, right? Like, just be conscious of it. If I'm feeling that like little blood boiling coming up in me, I just need to take a deep breath and wait an hour <laughs> or something before I do anything that I might regret later. Right. So mm -hmm. we all, well, we all right. have that. And, and yeah, I think all, post -its, the post-its are great for, I mean, you, I always reference here because this is my wall of things and notes and reminders. And I've got like four or five sticky notes up and they're all, you know, some of them are little things and some of them are big things. And the point we're not at the goal part yet of the conversation, we will get there, but I feel like it's the perfect time for the bonus goal of whatever reminder you need for yourself, stick it on the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it put it on your bathroom mirror so that you see it every single day. And it just starts to become, it's just a helpful mantra for you to just words of wisdom back to yourself that you need to hear that we tend to tell other people easily all day long. And then yet we don't hear it for ourselves. (laughs) What do they say? We're all here to teach the thing we need to learn the most. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've I've heard that. Yes. (laughs) And we're, we're having a lovely active conversation uh, between Lynn and Deb. And this is really funny. So I'm Deb. Lynn is my middle name. So I just think it's hilarious that yeah. Deb oh my gosh. And I are having this conversation on the side, loving ourselves for who we are and what and who we are not. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and Deb loves that it says respond, don't react. So we mm-hmm. all have the little things. I feel like we need to ask Brian what what's on his reminders. I know well, Courtney. Courtney is Brian's reminder. <laughs> yeah, I just give him an Asana task. That's his reminder. <laughs> <laughs> what's on my reminders? Um, notes to self. Yes. Yeah, mine is always uh, go slow to go fast. That's that's the biggest one that I that I have to remember because I have a tendency to go a thousand miles a minute. Yeah. Um, And I was taught that time equals money. And, um, and it's so, so we're so far out of that uh, realm now. And, um, and, and I'm, and it's taken me a long time to, to, and I'm still haven't completely unlearned it, but um, it that's kind of where I'm at is is unlearning of mm-hmm. of that time equals money. Um, I was a consultant for a lot of years where time did equal money, and um, and I used you know we were a timesheet based uh, agency for 22 years, um, so it's been ingrained in me for most of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that, you know, everything that I am now is so opposite that, that, um, you know, that I'm now redefining for myself and, and everyone around me, what that means. And ever since I, um, came out of the agency world and started to, you know, really look at that path and figure out what, um, what, what, a um, how to redefine the rules around that. It started to, I started to make uh, financially, it didn't, I didn't see any difference. Um, and it, it really uh, proved that, you know, you can, you can, you can do as little or as much in this, in, in the span of, of a week or a day or an hour. Um, and, and it all comes down to, uh, joy and that amount of joy that you have is equal to the amount of uh well you always have a great saying what is it um love in love out the amount of love that you put into something is the amount of love that you'll get out of it um and and i i always i i i never really quite got to that because i was going so fast um and so now slowing down and really getting to that point where i can just have such joy in everything that's happening. It's just a, a gift. 
like the joy of the journey mm-hmm. and not the destination. Right. That's, that's lovely. It, and joy, it's, it's such a powerful word, right? Yeah. What brings and you joy? Now? Joy is, joy is experience. Having an experience. It's experiential is joy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what joy is. Any kind of experience, it, it can be alone or together. Um, it could be walking or with people, with friends. Um, it can be creating. Um, but it's, it's experiential. Anything that's memorable and experiential, um, that to me is just, that's, that's joy. But what I think when, when it starts to be uh, painful, and we're and I'm I'm like I can feel myself jaggedy and uh, holding back and um losing momentum and just like sluggish then uh I can I can really tell but I continue to still do it until I can complete it and it never really the outcome never really um is equal to the times when my joy is, is always up all the way through. I feel like it's a softball question to ask Courtney what brings you joy, but we're going to ask you anyway, because, you know, we asked Brian your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what brings me the most joy is when I find myself in like a flow state, you know, so uh, writing, writing just for the, the, sheer pleasure of it. Not like with no expectation of anything that's called autotelic. I didn't know that word, but I discovered it when I wrote my book. Um, I would say anything that gets me into that flow state. So it's like that used to happen to me when I played soccer, right? It's like everything just melts away except for the thing you're doing in that exact and present moment where you can just be fully present Nice. But, and this is why I love cooking so much. Well, other than, mm-hmm. you know, food, but you can't be connected and cook at the same time. Yep. You can't be staring at your phone while preparing food. You can, you know, look at your phone while the food is being cooked, but it's a great like way to force yourself away from mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. It's like, it, when I say flow state, I, I, that's like mm-hmm. a, just a meditative state, right? Like a state right. of complete calm and, and like, you're just totally connected to the earth. Yeah. Gardening is the same thing. Like we have a set of, I don't know, six or eight tomato plants out in our backyard and like nurturing those little guys is really joyful. <laughs> it's like, I care about those plants and I want to see them thrive and we, we nurture them, right? Like it's the amount of love we put into the taking care of these plants is we're going to get returned back the same amount of love. It's a law of the universe. You can't help it. So it's, it's finding those things that you want to receive the most love out of and then putting all you got into it is, is joyful for me anyway. No, I I'm with you. And when we were talking before about vulnerability and, and, simplicity and all that. Um, the thing that I used to not do was cook. And I started loving cooking shortly before the pandemic, thank goodness, or else I would have, you know, starved. 
but good timing on that. <laughs> it wasn't well. Okay, maybe it was a little bit before, but I I I was always um, when I got my Instant Pot, I started to love to cook because you could put things together, do something, and then there's food. Uh, but I have something a vulnerability that I could admit publicly. So thank you, because that's where my brain's going as you're talking about gardening and the flow state and the things that you love. But it also ties into the simplicity and the vulnerability and the authenticity. What are the things that you don't have to think twice about when you're doing them yep. and then showcasing that? Mm. Yeah. And, and like, let's be clear, because I'm talking about a lot of serious things. Like, I love silliness. I love play. Like, I play is everything to me. And I feel like even we as adults don't play enough, you know, like sign me up for a great trivia night or let's go play some cards or let's just be weird and goofy, like, and role play and be stupid, you know, in a conversation, like even to me that that's also super joyful. (laughs) And yes, this is very serious topic, but the way in which you're, we're discussing it, I think it's light, you know, you can't just say, okay, be authentic, do this. These are the things. This is not that kind of conversation. It's tapping into the things that you love and showcasing that and having fun because if there's no fun in the equation, what is the point? Exactly. Amen. Put that on a t-shirt. Yes. It was not a rhetorical (laughs) question. Yes, Deb. I agree with you. Great. What I would love for you, first of all, I am, I am really loving this conversation. It's so important and we're going in 20 different directions, which I love even more, but let's going back to authenticity. What are some goals that we can gift the audience? Um, something that they could do today, tomorrow to really tap into their authentic, genuine self. Courtney. Uh, I, I would say write down three things that you are a stand for or your values, like whatever you want to call them, write down three things that you care about so much that you'd be willing to take a bullet for. I'm talking about things like justice or creativity or play. Those are top three for me. And when, when you know what you're a stand for, then you know where to point, (laughs) right? Like in the activities that you're going to be choosing and in the decisions that you're going to be making and the people that you're going to choose to hang around, even just getting conscious about that is one step closer to being your true authentic self, because you have to know what you're a stand for because it drives every decision under the surface, whether you know it or not. Yes. I I'm nodding enthusiastically because I talk about mission and motto all the time. That's why I did my TEDx on was the value of the magic of the motto when you know mm-hmm. that it, it, it's your decision tree. Yeah. So Brian, what are your top values? Cause you knew I was going to ask you, so I didn't want to disappoint you. <laughs> you had time to think about it. <laughs> well, uh, humor obviously is one of them. And then, um, I would also say, um, that um i have them written down and now you're 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 getting my uh <laughs> my brain going here um so humor i think creativity is one of them 
and then um, connection. I I love That's connection. Good. Yeah, yeah, I really love connection. So uh, I thrive off of that. I always walk away feel filled up mm-hmm. from most connection. So, the, yeah, those would have to be them because we we need people. And I will call back to call back humor earlier in the conversation, what you were saying at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody zoomed, everybody got to have that connection with people on the other side of the world or the other side of the country. So whereas it's been frustrating for a lot of people not to go out and be with people, I, like you, am a huge fan. I think the accessibility of everybody has been a huge win. So, yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah, it, that I think you're right. That's all I was going to say. I, absolutely. Oh, well, please say that again. <laughs> <laughs> what goal would you like to gift? A goal to gift, I would say, is um, you know, I just took uh, the most time off that I've ever taken since college. Um, which is 30 days. And um, it did something to my brain that I'm still catching up on and I haven't fully processed. Uh, so you're, ke- you're really catching a fresh brain here on, on not understanding truly what, what, what is um, what I'm, what, you know, what I want to say, but uh, I will say that, um, that uh, I've never felt healthier and I don't mean in, in body healthy, I mean, mind healthy. Um, there's something about it. I was off social like 97% of the time. Um, and, um, my clarity and my, uh, joy levels are so high right now. And I'm just, just like, I just want to like gift everyone even if it's not 30 days, um, just time to time to uh, take time off uh, and go just meld with yourself, um, be with yourself. Um, what in whatever way that that lands for you, because it's different for everyone. Um, but that is just so. It, it just did wonders for me. It really just did. That works so well as a goal, in the, especially in the context of the conversation of authenticity, because being with yourself and healing yourself and feeling good will also help you answer the questions, you know, figure out your value. What are the things that, that are good for you to focus on? So I think it, it it's a great little one-two punch here. You know, take the time figure out your three words or vice versa. So this has been such a wonderful conversation. Will you share again where people can find you, Courtney and Brian? Lots of URLs coming here. So get your pencils ready. Uh, <laughs> I suppose I'll be in the wherever the thing. Just click the link. Yes, it will also be in the whatever. It will be if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog the recap of this, uh, the replay and some of the highlights will be there as well as these links. So great. Yes. Yeah. So digital agency is purematter.com. 
uh, and our my personal blog, which apologies, I haven't really been updated lately, but what's there is good. Trust me. CourtneySmithKramer.com. <laughs> It'll make you giggle, I hope. <laughs> or you can find my book on Amazon, Be Your Creative Sexy Self. And then everything um, for me is at BrianKramer.com, which is Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. My mom did that to me, so I apologize. <laughs> um, and uh, that's where everything about me and, and or um, socials or newsletter, all that stuff. But um, same link, purematter.com. We're both there, too. Yep. Excellent. Um, and you can find me. I'm at the Deb Method everywhere, thedebmethod.com slash goals to learn more about what I do. And uh, the recaps, again, um, thedevmethod.com slash blog. Well, I'm so glad I have a live show so I could invite you so I could catch up with you both. Thank you for coming Thanks on Thanks for creating it just for us. <laughs> well, this was born of the pandemic because I had the Twitter chat for several years. And then um, I think April 2020, it was a way to extend my Twitter chat and actually talk to people. And for me, it's been a fun evolution because I think I did two episodes just me talking. And that was... <laughs> Yes, me talking for 20 minutes about nothing. Lonely. Anyway, <laughs> and that, yeah, it was very lonely. And then I started inviting guests. And then the end of 2020, I started stacking my guests and having, you know, these mm. parties where usually my people don't know each other. Today, we went a little bit off the beaten path and had, you know, an awesome couple, Courtney and Brian, joining us to share all this, this wonderful it's going to sound like really sappy, but real intense knowledge about how to be human because what we're living in right now, it's not going away. And the pendulum is going to wherever it swings, we're connected. We're, we're being out there. We're seeing people, the more authentic you are, it gives you an advantage in living that joy joyful life. Yeah. So as we say, being human is your competitive advantage. It is. I think I put something of that nature when I was describing this and I was going to ask for a final thought. Is that it? Being human That's... is your competitive advantage or do you want to answer yeah. that? I, I can think of no other more powerful thought than that right now. And Brian, do you have something to add to that? Yeah, that, that would be the one that's the, uh, you know, when, when you think about everything that's out there, uh, right now with, um, with everything that we've talked about, um, if you want to, if you want to really um, create something unique, uh, turn turn to you, turn to yourself, and be be human. Um, everyone else is uh, being trying to be uh, the the opposite of imperfect, um, and so if you can be. Uh, as human as possible, you're going to stand out. You got to be you because you're the only one who's you. <laughs> no one else can be you. <laughs> and you would think, yes, it's simple. It makes sense. Vulnerable, human. It's got all the components, right? Just be you. Thank you again, Brian Kramer and Courtney Smith Kramer for joining me today. And for those of you watching, whether you're tuning in live or listening or watching the replay, thank you for choosing yourself and your goals and your passion and getting it out in the world. 
Uh, we know you can do it. So go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.